0: Everyone. Welcome to the Legacy Cafe Podcast with your host, Rob Lucy, author of the book, How Will You Be Remembered? The Definitive Guide to Creating and Sharing Your Life Story. So grab yourself a cup of coffee and find yourself a seat in the Legacy Cafe. Here's Rob. Thanks, Kathy. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Legacy Cafe. You know, I think you're really going to like this episode because it's the story of a man who totally refocused his life because he felt the greatest amount of wisdom ever gathered by humankind was being lost, like forgotten, like going down in flames. He wanted to ensure we had the skills to collect that wisdom. His name is Dennis Stack. Now, Dennis was a 20-year financial guy. He did estate and wealth planning. He built a loyal A-list client base made good money, but something was missing. And this is where life kicked in. So in the next 10 minutes, you'll learn why Dennis gave it all up to start the Living Legacy Project. And at the end of this episode, we'll tell you how this global initiative could enrich your family's life. Now, let's listen to Dennis's story.
1: I was the fifth of the kids. My father was a workaholic, never took a vacation my entire life while he lived. And in and amongst that, he was a very private man. He never spoke about the day before, much less anything that occurred prior to my birth. And, you know, kids, when they're growing up and around the adults, their parents, you know, they learn if a parent doesn't want to talk about something, the kids learn not to ask. And I fell prey to that. I never bothered to ask. And then upon my father's passing, which was two years prior to the birth of my only daughter, I came to regret that I never asked questions, never tried to learn anything. And and I assuaged my guilt by thinking, well, I can always ask my mom. Well, two years after my father's death, my daughter was born. And two years after that, my mother came to visit us, as she ended up doing with six kids. She spent two months with each of us. When I went to the airport to pick her up that day, her flight had gotten in early, and she was there in the company of a Skycap when I came to meet her, and she didn't know where she was or who she was there to see. And even though we siblings kept in contact with each other, the ones that were sending mom off and the ones that were receiving, none of my brothers and sisters recognized that my mother had Alzheimer's. And she had an episode she couldn't hide And it made that visit very, very difficult. A year later, I went to upstate New York where my sister lives and where my mother was in a facility for memory-impaired. And when I visited her, it was heartbreaking. It looked like my mother. It sounded like my mother, but she was no longer there. Mm -hmm. And anyone who's experienced a loved one with Alzheimer's knows what that's like. And that flight back... Arizona was terrible. I mean, I felt such guilt and remorse for not having taken the opportunity to ask the things that I really wanted to know so that I could have something to tell my own thought. And that preyed on me in the background. In our careers, we take lots of calls every day, and my practice was to keep a spiral-bound notebook open, and I would take notes on every call so that I could Keep everything into perspective and know what I spoke about and in and amongst that time I would occasionally think of a question I would have wanted to ask my mother or father and I would write it down in that spiral bound notebook and over the course of years that list kept growing and after the events of 9-11 everything crystallized for me I knew all those people that went to work that day had every expectation of coming home to their families and they did. And I realized that if we don't take the opportunity to right now and every day do something, take some little effort to save something that matters then we're at risk of throwing it all away. And like I say, these questions all piled up and after 9-11 I was puzzling over what to give my clients as a holiday gift and that year in light of everything that happened the idea of a nice pen set or a bottle of wine just didn't feel appropriate. And an old friend of mine helped me collect all those questions into a small published book called Capturing My Stories. And I had that book printed and I included that little booklet and a cassette tape recorder, which was the technology of the day. And I sent, I sent it to my clients with a simple note that said, this year during the holidays as your family gather, Start saving something more than just money. And I sent that gift out, I felt good about it, but what shocked me most was that I heard from each and every client, and uh, surprisingly to me, though in retrospect it shouldn't have surprised me, is that in virtually every case it was the matriarch who contacted me. And I realized right away that the gift that I gave struck a chord that it touched on something that everyone feels but rarely talks about. For the next couple of years, it weighed on me. It weighed on me in such a way that I felt what I was doing as just being a wealth manager was not achieving what I had hoped to do to help families have greater cohesivity to be better connected through the generations and without the stories that came before each generation was off on its own. And I just felt that my time and my life would be better spent doing something more than what I was doing, which was very rewarding in a financial sense, but I just felt like something was missing. And over the next couple of years, I started uh, researching more and trying to find out how it is that we can help people tell their stories and instead of finding more reasons why people should tell stories, I wanted to look at the reasons why they didn't. And at the time, the greatest generation was still very much with us, and their issue was one of humility. I mean, they were raised not to brag on themselves, and telling their stories made them feel as though they were doing just that, so they would keep quiet, which is a shame. That's no longer the big issue. The bigger issue is that, people, when they think about the entirety of their lives, there's so many things that they've lived through, so many things they'd want to talk about, but they get lost and they don't know where to begin. And so that's a big problem, which is one that we sought to correct by creating a template, something that people could follow along with. They wouldn't have to try and figure this all out. They could just answer questions. In fact, the whole idea of doing this on a Q&A basis, asking questions, providing an answer, that interaction ideally with the family but with anyone is a reward unto itself. And the fact that we're capturing that for posterity makes it a gift beyond imagination. And as a consequence, I felt that, uh, well, when I resigned from my position, I wanted to go out into the world and do everything I could to help people tell their stories. And so that's when I circled back to the whole idea that I couldn't do this by myself. What I needed to do was find a way to inspire millions of others to do it themselves and to provide them the guide and the initiative to actually do this work. Each of us in our lives, we have people that we love. We have our children that we raise. You know, the wealth is just the fruits of the tree. It's not the tree itself. And we need to give our kids and future generations that knowledge, that insight of what really matters in life. And as much as the wealth helps things happen, it's not the stuff that futures are made of. The biggest impediment above all the others is procrastination. I I would hear clients say, yeah, Dennis, I know this is really important and I'll get right on it tomorrow and then (laughs) invariably something always comes up. And so it became critical to us that if we wanted to make the Living Legacy Project real, to make it have a meaningful impact, we needed to have what we call ambassadors, people who are willing to take the initiative to make it their responsibility to get the conversation started. Because we all know that there can never be a second step unless there's a first step. And as much as I believe that families should be the ones engaged in this process, too often that just doesn't happen. So that's where I went back to my roots, to to the wealth managers of the world and how trusted they are and how deeply involved in their clients' lives they get, that if I could convince enough wealth managers to take the initiative to take that first step with and for the client then it becomes more likely more will come from that. And so the whole idea of the Living Legacy Project is to collect and archive the greatest body of wisdom that's ever been known on this planet because we know from our own experience that the oral tradition, the telling of a story from one to the next, invariably, just like the game telephone we played as kids, you whisper something one person's ear, the next, the next, the next, and it comes out completely corrupted on the other end, that we want the stories told the first time to stay that same story through each and every retelling and today we have the technology to make that happen. And so the Living Legacy Project is all about developing the background and the force and the, the army basically that's needed to make this happen on a scale that will make a difference for the future. Now like I say, the whole idea of collecting stories is critical to keeping the narrative true over generations. So what we did is we built an archive, a place to store these stories, and we've been constantly working and updating our archive and our tools. And we have an app that makes all of this so easy. No more cassette tape recorders. Everybody seems to have a smartphone and the app is very easy to download and utilize and it helps people report the stories that matter most. The story vault is the component element of the archive. It's where the stories are captured and preserved and shared for generations. And again, the ambassador's role is to introduce this to the client, to take that first step, to collect those first stories, and to establish that vault for the benefit of the client and their family. And from that point, they have that place, that vault, where they can start storing their most precious memories, whether they're pictures, written stories, or audio recording. And again, it's important that the ambassador be the one that helps them take that first step. Again, the most important gift we can give to our future generations is knowledge of what came before. And if we don't take the action to preserve it, It will be lost.
0: So, as Dennis said, the Living Legacy Project's purpose is to collect and preserve the greatest body of wisdom in history. And you can add your own stories and wisdom to the history of mankind and your own family history. And here's how. Start collecting your own family stories and preserve them in the Living Legacy Archive. It's easy to learn just go to LegacyStories.org. That's LegacyStories.org. Now, if you serve families as, say, a financial advisor or an elder care provider, our Legacy Story tools will help you grow, enrich, and retain your client base. And to find out how, head to LegacyStories.com. That's LegacyStories.com. So, again, start collecting your family stories at legacystories.org and if you're in business go to legacystories.com and finally if you've got any questions send us an email to support at legacycafe.org that's support at legacycafe.org this is the legacy cafe i'm rob lucy we'll talk again soon hey thanks for listening to the legacy cafe podcast We have lots of great conversations coming your way. And by the way, if you want us to send you reminders that a new podcast is ready for you, go to LegacyCafe.org to subscribe. That's LegacyCafe.org. Have a great day. And remember, the coffee and conversations are always hot at the Legacy Cafe.